I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Danny Okuye, along with... Andrew Gagan. Yeah, that'd be me. Good to be here on a Monday, Danny. And look, we haven't done very well. We ended up pretty much flat. I know. It was a good start to the day. We were ready or set, in fact, to push to another record. Uh, however, some, as you can see there, 11.30, some data came out. Uh, Housing later, approvals. Well, it's actually inventories. Oh, that's right. Uh, they were really bad, weren't they? they? They were. In fact, they dropped uh, 1.7%, but it was mining inventories down in the December quarter 5.5%. Mm. Yeah, so that uh, that hit that market sentiment. Obviously concerned because we do get the GDP read on Wednesday and yeah, maybe reading some things into that that might be weaker than expected. It's definitely, there's a lot of softening of expectations going on there and possibly our market treading water today and a lot of that has to do with these huge, well you've got the uh, Powell speaking this week at Congress, you've got GDP here, you've got the two uh, sessions in China obviously setting their economic agenda so as well as the jobs data out in the US on Friday. So market probably deciding to, well, sit a little bit from an index level um, on the, 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 what am I saying, on the, on the fence. Uh, now let's go to the three themes and uh, I'll run with the first one because it is my terrible play on words. Dubba dubba don't, for those that know yubba dubba do, uh, that are old, yeah, old enough to remember. Reference. You're going to have to explain that though, aren't you, with dubba, what's going on there today? Yeah, so basically um, I had Claude Walker on to mm. discuss what is going on with dubba to the extent that what are the red flags for a company? that could potentially lead to this dubber situation, which is basically there's been funds that have gone missing. 26 spots, $6 million has actually gone missing. And I think the CEO has been stood down. So it doesn't smell good, Andrew. And I mm. think the stock is currently in suspension as a result of that. Yeah, feel for the uh, poor investor that's uh, ridden the stock as a result. And yeah, clearly a lot of questions to be asked in regards to Dubber. Now, uh, Danny, gold glitters. Well, it certainly does at the moment, doesn't it? Because prospects perhaps, well, there was some short covering going on on Friday, I think, out of the States. Plus, of course, expectations that maybe rate cuts are coming sooner than expected. Oh, it's wishful thinking, isn't it? But we did see the gold price jump high to it, close to a two-month high, in fact. And as a result... Uh, we've seen all the gold stocks do very well today. Yeah, absolutely. They were doing extremely well. And also these takeover tailwinds just to continue to flow. So a, a Japanese firm has made a bid for Gen X. So just again, this ongoing takeover activity. Mm. And I was reading a summary, Andrew. It's 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 quite 
staggering how many companies are being bid for at the moment. Hopefully it'll end, otherwise we won't have a Well, we were making job. that joke earlier that there's going to be nothing left in Australia, is there? Particularly where the Australian dollar is, they're all looking fairly attractive at this point. Absolutely. Now let's have a look at some of the sectors and see what has been doing well. And this one surprised me. A-REITs mm. um, have been on a bit of a tear and uh, it doesn't have Goodman Group, but I do know that Goodman Group was very, very strong uh, earlier on today. But we have had that sector in the green. Taking a look at utilities, see how they're tracking today, mostly uh, in the red, as you can see there. And let's have a look at uh, information technology. And uh, we did see some a green on screen there, particularly with WiseTech Global and Technology One. Also, NextDC and Zero was up. And it's just interesting, Next uh, Zero has copped a couple of broker upgrades recently. Also, NextDC uh, reports there that uh, they're on the uh, acquisition trail at the moment as well. I tried to get something out of the CEO, Craig Scroger, the other day, and he said, oh, yes, there's, there's lots of activity in the sector at the moment. Little did I know that they were on the hunt. I thought someone might be hunting for them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think they're big enough now. Uh, They're the ones doing the acquiring. Now, uh, elsewhere... Let's uh, have a look at some corporate news because it is quite busy. Fletcher Building Chairman Bruce Hassel has brought forward his exit from the embattled building materials company and shares are falling another 1.9% today. Yeah, now we're just talking about XTC. That was in the Fin Review today, just as far as it uh, saying that the uh, group's looking to acquire a portfolio of data centres uh, of global switch, in fact. And Downer EDI has put forward its defence against its pending shareholder class action, saying the accounting irregularities were in part related to the auditor KPMG and those shares down by about 1.2%. Danny, you were talking about Gen X Power. Yeah, M&A alive and well, certainly in the local market. Those shares up. 32% as a, a Japanese utility looks to take it out. Absolutely. And Lake Resources are down by 10%. And that's after announcing plans to cut 50% of its non-core staff as the lithium sector continues to grapple with a route in the price of the battery material. Yet that was the odd man out today because yeah. most of those lithium stocks are actually high. I know, they were yeah. doing well. I think yeah. one of the bankers has um, said that uh, they see a turnaround there in the lithium sector. Or is now the words we've seen the bottom. That's what he's saying, right? <laughs> yes. I don't know, turnaround? Well, yeah. Seen the bottom, okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, now let's move on to our guest, our special Monday guest, as always, COB for the COB is Josh Gilbert from eToro. Josh, hi, happy Monday. Welcome to uh, Ausbiz today. Yeah. Thanks, guys. How are we? Good, good, good. Well, I had to check out your LinkedIn profile and you are talking about Bitcoin. How could we not talk about Bitcoin? Because it just keeps on powering ahead, doesn't it, Josh? Yeah, I mean, look, it really has sort of stole the show in the last sort of week or two. it just it kind of keeps defying expectations really we, we sort of reached as high as about sixty four thousand us dollars last week you know we're really eyeing now that sort of all-time high in, in us dollars of around sort of 68 and i think where we are in terms of this cycle and it's slightly different to what we've had in in the past is it feels like the start rather than the end as we get sort of close to uh, an all-time high usually when we're sort of getting to an all-time high you know it's towards the back end of a bull run whereas this feels like just the sort of the start of it um you know we're seeing huge interest in these sort of bitcoin etfs which are 
you know, garnering massive trading volumes, billions of dollars in, in inflows. You've got sort of the institutional capital that's sort of really coming in. Um, we, we've seen the sort of the retail money come into markets. Now it's institutions sort of capping up, uh, catching up. And, and what we're seeing is that we're seeing some of the biggest financial institutions in the world, you know, your Fidelities, your BlackRock, they're buying up Bitcoin and other crypto assets by the bucket load. And, and ultimately, that's what's sort of driving you know, Bitcoin at the moment is, you know, we're, we're seeing a big squeeze on on supply. We've got the Bitcoin halving coming up in in less than, uh, you know, a month or so now towards the sort of the middle of April, which is only going to sort of, you know, cut supply further. We're going to see that increased scarcity. And we're also not seeing Bitcoin move as well. So what I mean by that is the about 70% of all Bitcoin in circulation has not moved in the last sort of year. It stayed in wallets, addresses, it stayed on exchanges. So that means that there's just not enough Bitcoin to sort of go around for the amount of interest that we're sort of, you know, really seeing as well. So, uh, look, like I said, I think this is the beginning rather than the end. And, and it's going to be a really exciting couple of months. But, you know, it feels like we, we're not too far away from that all time high. Josh, does what we're seeing in the crypto market simply underline what we're seeing more broadly at the moment in FOMO? I was well, going to ask the same thing. It is FOMO. Well truly back. You look at everything, all those assets are heading in that direction up at the moment. Uh, look at the records tumbling across the globe in terms of the equity markets at the moment. We were just talking about lithium, for heaven's sake. It's back, the price going up, as are the stocks. What are your thoughts? And does that maybe make you a little nervous about what you're seeing? Yeah, look, I think absolutely. Look, I mean, it's it's hard to not maybe feel a little bit nervous when you've got all these assets towards sort of record highs. You know, it almost does feel a little bit sort of frothy. Um, you know, that sense risk assets have, have sort of been on fire. If we look at the S&P 500, rallied 24% since October annualizing this year, you know, uh, about 40%, you know, that's, you know, not been seen since I think that the late 1950s. So, you know, it's, it's all maybe getting to the point of saying, okay, are we due a pullback? Um, I think so. I think maybe stocks, are, you, if we got a pullback right now, you, you sort of maybe wouldn't, um, you know, you wouldn't think twice about it sort of coming in. Um, like I say, crypto, I think, has a few more catalysts than, than maybe markets right now, um, than sort of more broadly in terms of stocks. With stocks, we've sort of kind of got the end of what is, um, you know, a, a the end of now, what has been a really good sort of tech earnings season, 80% of all companies in the S&P 500 beating expectations. We've had this AI optimism coming through, obviously, of course, NVIDIA once again, just sort of continuing to sort of lead the way there. And we've also had rate cut expectations sort of stay firm. But I think in terms of, you know, upcoming risks, I think we've got a big march ahead. Um, you know, we've got quite a lot of political um, events coming up as well. Just this week alone, we've got sort of the, the largest number of presidential primaries. Um, I think that's tomorrow as well. So I think as earnings season comes to an end, we maybe shift away from looking at corporate news and we may be focused towards, you know, back on macro again. And I think there'll be one eye on uh, politics. There'll be one eye on inflation again. And obviously we've got the, the Fed uh, rate decision as well, uh, you know, in March as well. So I think that changes slightly. I think, you know, crypto assets are maybe, you know, set up maybe slightly better with with stronger catalysts we've got something like we've got an ethereum upgrade coming uh very soon we also have uh, like i said the bitcoin halving coming up as well so in terms of risk assets i think crypto is maybe slightly better place i think we've got a bit more risk um to the downside for for stocks that are, are looking like i say a bit toppy at the moment um josh before everybody goes out and um fills themselves to the absolute gunnels in bitcoin etfs how do investors risk adjust it? So, like, if you're looking at a 
portfolio, is it a classic thing of you just put some in there rather than just saying sell all your equities and just buy Bitcoin and Ethereum? Yeah, look, I think it's still really important to get that even as we're sort of getting towards maybe a mature asset class here over the last two years, it's still very clear that this is a high risk asset class. It's still very volatile and it has a history of obviously wild price fluctuations. Um, you know, so although we are in this situation right now where we are seeing, you know, huge numbers, we're getting close to those record highs. We even have sort of, you know, your meme coin sort of coming back into um, the picture as well. That's sort of kind of the, the, you know, the folks at the moment, they've seen, you know, huge numbers come through in the last few days, lots of Dogecoin, Shiba, they're up sort of 100%. So, you know, when we're getting back to that scenario again, with you, you mentioned FOMO. I think it's really important just to sort of try and take emotions out of it. And and really importantly, if we're looking at a portfolio balance is, is sort of really putting into crypto assets, um, you know, a small portion of your portfolio portfolio. Um, again, it, it depends on an investor's sort of risk appetite, of course. Um, but, you know, you, you're not sort of really going to be wanting to, to sort of put a huge amount of, uh, of exposure into an asset class that obviously does have a high risk profile if you're a low risk investor. So I think it's about balance. Um, I think it's about understanding your you know, sort of that long term view, but also understanding as well um, that, like you say, yes, we're having a good time at the moment. And we're seeing, you know, these prices sort of move you know, very quick to the upside, uh, but it wasn't that long ago that we also had prices moving very significantly to the downside as well. So just understanding all of that is, is really important when allocating crypto assets to the portfolio. Yeah, Josh, does remind me still though, when, you know, perhaps the uh, the investor goes down to the casino, pushes all their chips onto the table, <laughs> they're playing a game of poker, go all in, what have I got to lose? Everything, really. But of course, there's always an upside. Hey, mate, uh, always great to catch up with you. Thanks so much for joining us, me, Toro. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Cheers. We have a, a Shibu Inu in the neighbourhood. What do you mean? The dog. dog. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, you've got a Shibu Inu. And how do I know that? Because of obviously all those coins. <gasps> all right, well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get on to our stock of the day. It was down at EDI. We've been talking about that, obviously, uh, off the back of its latest moves, just as far as having a go at KPMG. This all stems for those accounting irregularities uh, that transpired certainly last year, the share price suffering. But take a, took a bit of a bounce, in fact, just recently off the back of its latest results. So let's get uh, the experts' view. Uh, Kai Chen from MC, MPC Markets and David Lane from Audemonet cast their eye across the stock. Um, but, you know, with earnings seasons, they actually reported uh, fairly strong in terms of their net profit. So their margins are actually increasing. So that's why um, after the reportings, they've had a decent a jump in their share price. Um, so I think, you know, given given that uh, taking out the class action, um, I think it's actually reported quite well. Um, yeah, I would probably hold on to the stock. They're, they're probably fairly fully valued at current levels. They're trading on a P of about 21 times. But consensus forecasts are that earnings will rise by about 40% in the next 12 months and by another 13% in uh, financial year 25. So the expectations are that the future PE will will decline as earnings rise. So, and that's partly due to the the company having new management, cleaning it up, that cost out program. So, I think there is positivity in the in the share price, but probably where they're at at the moment, I'd be holding as well.
All right, that's the view of Down or EDI. Now, just a reminder, uh, we want to hear from you so we can better inform you. The, uh, this is a subscriber survey, uh, which is, um, you got until, in fact, March the 13th. Now, uh, Danny, there's a good reason to, uh, to do this, isn't there? Absolutely. And uh, as they say, you've got to be in it to win it. And in this case, the deal has been sweetened and someone is going to win a managed investment portfolio from MPC Markets worth $5,000. And there are other prizes too. So just go to osbiz.co slash survey24. All right. Well, let's wrap up the day, take a look at the winners and losers uh, thus far. And uh, these are the leaders' brain chip uh, having a bit of a tear of a day there. Um, saw a lot of movement in the resource stocks, some up, some down. So the large miners, they were down. But um, Life360, we had some broker upgrades with the stock too off the back of its uh, stellar results uh, that were perceived by the market there on Friday. Chalice Mining leading some of the goldies higher along with Regis Resources. Absolutely. And let's have a look at the laggards and Lake Resources letting go, as we've said, of 50% of their uh, non-core workforce. That off about 10%. Imogen off 6 Prometicus, a bit of profit-taking moving in, sending those shares off by 3.7%. And a Fortescue and CleanAway off by just over three percent in the smalls and um yeah genix power that's uh given that to take over off from the japanese j power company there bougainville copper interesting one that that is on the move again as i was mentioning a lot of movement there particularly in the resources and also energy space and let's have a look at some of the small cap losers argosy minerals off by 12 and a half percent drone shield i think i was up last week wasn't mm. it when they reported the yeah, results, yeah. so they're off by about 11 percent there we see lake resources again and a legacy iron ore off by about nine spot six percent and uh then we have a tower also off by about uh, 9%. Now let's have a look and uh, I don't think anything is happening. It's very quiet <laughs> overnight. <laughs> but well, it's tomorrow- maybe later in the week where we get some Absolutely. further data. Absolutely. So, yeah, Actually, I think there's, there's quite a lot of uh, US companies reporting, but otherwise, let's have a look in terms of tomorrow what's going on because we have a bit of a full day, don't we? We've got Australian balance of payments, new vehicle sales. And looking then... Yeah, the state side, uh, ISM services, that'll be interesting to see how that's panning out at the moment. Also the factory orders and the cation services PMI in China. Yes, and let's do a final recap of the market and see where we have closed. Oh, look, Andrew, it's so flattish. Flattish. Down ever so slightly. Yeah, and I'm just looking look at the ASX 200 down by about 10 points or just over a tenth of a percent. Well, that's it for today, um, but we will be here bright and early we tomorrow will morning. Get right across it, uh, everything uh, stateside and beyond, and what's happening in markets. Yeah, join us tomorrow morning. Meanwhile, have a great evening. Have a great evening. Mm-hmm.